Hanging with DJ Glowing Eyes. Ding! Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good middle of the night. Welcome to this bonus episode of Industrial Industries World Radio. I'm your host, DJ Glowing Ice. And it is, let me check my phone, it is 11.31 p.m. Being somebody that has recorded plenty, boogobs, among boogobs of uh, songs, without telling the story behind the song, it's always up to interpretation of, uh, you know, one song gets put out there and then there's, you know, a thousand variations of what people think the song is. Uh, some people think that the things I make fun of in songs, like anything I make fun of, I must hate or just dislike. And it couldn't be further from the truth. There's a lot of things that I make fun of that I really do like. And I always feel like you're not really a true fan until you can pick apart things that you know kind of suck or is just kind of faulty, but still like it. It's kind of like a relationship with somebody. Anybody you get in a relationship with, it's not 100% perfect. But the part of being in a relationship is seeing all the faults and still, you know, you could roast them every once in a while, make fun of them, and still like it at the end of the day. You can still go to bed and kiss it goodnight. We are going to cover the song... Glowing Ice Punk Rock. It's not the biggest and most popular song I've done, but it's a song that I did that was a bridge from the first album to the second album. From Glowing Ice, the first, you know, self-titled to Sunshine Fun Time. So, I started recording as Glowing Ice, or really like taking it seriously in 2011. That's 10 years ago already. It's crazy. And I finished the album two years later. Now, I wasn't recording it completely those entire... It was off and on. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do with the project at the time. You know, it's like, should it just be, you know, instrumental stuff or whatever? And I, that's all I was going to do it with, just instrumental stuff. Just kind of experimental to instrumental, experimental. <laughs> that's my genre, bro. But that was just one project among a lot of other projects. And before I started taking Glowing Ice personally, I was in a band where we made, it was like a hard rock slash metal, but it was completely full on. Just think of the mindset of somebody in their late teens, early 20s, and just being completely... No filter, just going at it, not, you know, really kind of uh, ruffling up some feathers and people thinking, oh, anybody can make that song. Everybody always, uh, they don't want to validate you unless you write some really dramatic, serious song, you know, like you sound like you're Shakespeare. I released the song in 2017, and I always like to date things by what I was working on musically. So it's like I could go back, okay, 2008, I was working on this album. 2009, 2010, 
I was working on the uh, band metal funny band album with a buddy of mine. Then we broke up. 2011, started working on Glowing Ice stuff. 2012, I released another album from another project. 2013, I released Glowing Ice, the first like demo. 2014, I released the second album of the other project I was working on. 2015, I released the third album of the other project. 2016 is when I was working with a bunch of demos and projects, and we didn't know what we wanted to do. Me and this buddy of mine, we'll call him Jay, uh, so we wanted to do a pop project. We wanted to do a uh, like a classic rock, kind of like Steel Panther, but not full on like them, kind of in the middle between Sirius and Steel Panther. From 2014, 2015 to 2016, I was recording a lot of stuff on my own, and he would—he was more of the guitar guy and the, the the really like musician on the type of like playing on real player real players on stage live, and I was more of the production. So that that was our roles. We were—he would come over, I would record, and you know I would program drums and uh, add all the things and he would work his magic and I'd be like all right that's you know that's all we need and you know I'll work on this over the next week or so and write some lyrics and we'll go at it from there so that's how 2014 2015 2016 happened and I would set up you know our Twitter our social media for these like different projects I think even during that time we recorded a few podcasts pilot episodes that didn't make it anywhere and that that's the whole reason why a second glowing ice album took forever to come out also i was producing for another guy i forgot about that i i made a bunch of rap beats and we put that i did a lot of stuff it didn't seem like it because i wasn't putting out albums throughout that time but 2016 came along and a guy i was working with jay he was kind of done with music which was fine, you know, he was going his own way, he was doing his own thing. But it kind of just, uh, it left me with wondering what I should do next. What was my next move? I was thinking, well, I have all this music from our projects. The, some of the stuff I've salvaged. And a lot of the pop stuff, I wound up incorporating with Glowing Ice. And so Glowing Ice, because I... I Looked at everything that I had by 2016, you know, I was kind of back on my own. So I was like, what is some, I'm looking back on everything I've done. What is something that I really wanted to keep alive and keep carrying on? And it was like the only project I really enjoyed doing that I could see that would be like a continuous thing would be Glowing Ice. But the first album was just, it was such a demo album. I, I really just threw whatever I wanted in there and called it a day. But I wanted to take it and form it into something that would be my daily driver, so to speak, with a music project. Something that I could continuously release music out on that wouldn't be completely whacked out into left field, like past stuff I've done. 
I, I didn't want to completely go full Shakespearean. I, I can't, I gotta be serious completely. And I always feel like making funny songs, there is a seriousness behind it, but a lot of people don't understand that. They see it at face value of, oh, this guy's just being stupid and he's making some stupid song. But like behind it all, there is some, at least with me, I like, I feel like I, it has to be, there has to be a reason why I wrote the song in the first place. You know, I don't expect people to look into things too deeply or whatever, but I, I would like to at least provoke some kind of like, oh yeah, I understand that too. I know where he's coming from with that. Ha ha. Ha ha, that's funny. Ha ha. But some people will see it and be like, wow, he's just, he's just stupid. Which I've gotten that a lot more. It's like, it's dumb. Anybody could do that. Anybody could write that. Anybody could. It's like, yeah, well, why haven't you then? What have you done? The biggest thing you've done is make a YouTube comment. And that's it. That ha- That is what you've contributed 2016 ends, and I decide I'm going to redo the first Glowing Eyes album, and I'm going to add more songs to it. 2013 is when I put it out. Uh, It's 2017 now. Let's remaster the tracks, put some new tracks in, or tracks that were left over, or stuff I've recorded over the past four or five years. Put that, you know, along with it, so it's like a big deluxe album. Because I think the demo originally had 12 or 11 or 12 songs. I don't know how many songs are on the re, the one that's like on iTunes right now or whatever, but it's a lot more. So I put that out, and that's when me and a buddy, we started Industrial Industries, uh, our little record label, something to release our music onto. I was like, okay, I got all this stuff from the past few years that I recorded for the pop project that wasn't going anywhere. I'm going to incorporate it into Glowing Ice, and it's going to be a bigger project than what it was. It's going to have a lot of pop songs, a lot of some thought-provoking, some serious stuff, but a lot of silly stuff, which is what turned into Sunshine Fun Time. That album title basically explains what it is. You know, it's just a fun time lighthearted it has you know a dark undertone it's all about someone dying on the first track and their afterlife you know like whenever you have dreams or you have fever dreams or whatever and you out of it like you're out of reality that's kind of like crazy stuff happens in your dreams and you know your brain takes you into you know a place that you never thought you know you would think of in your brain that's what I wanted to do with Sunshine Fun Time. Now, I don't know if it translated to the listeners that same way, but I tried to make it, you know, the best way I can. Before that album came out in 2018, I put out the first album that was remastered in 2017. And before I did Sunshine Fun Time, I put out this single, Punk Rock. So that's where we're at now. And Punk Rock, you know, everybody's perception of that what they think it is could be totally different than how I initially, you know, the message I was, even if, I don't know if he was, I was even trying to sit, give a message out there to anything. But this was just almost like a release of the people I came across 
There's a train in the background, too. We are in small town USA anyways. They're probably hauling corn. (laughs) Whatever. Punk rock was about all these people that I met throughout the years. I don't know about you, but like being in the music scene, as little as I was in it when I was like going to gigs, trying to get gigs, being around other people that were musicians in the area, some people are really cool. Like, I'll tell you a story one time when we were playing at this pretty decent club and our bassist forgot his bass. I I was like the guy that was like making sure and everybody else was just kind of along for the ride. And I'm like, okay, we got the amps. We got this. We got that. You got your drumsticks. Get extras too in case one breaks, you know. Get there. And of course, oh man, I don't have my bass. I'm like, oh, God. So what are we going to do, bro? And luckily, this was like a battle of the bands kind of like, you know, showcase. Like, you sell this amount of tickets and you get a slot to play, you know, here at this decent club. And so we go around and, you know, I found this these guys in the back. Like, they were just at our level. But it was just weird. You go into this back it seemed like a VIP lounge, like these circle, hat, like horseshoe booths, plush velvet cushion booths seating. And they're all sitting around. They got their drinks and they got their arms up around the top of the booth. And I'm the one having to do this, you know. <laughs> I'll find somebody. Let's, let's, we'll find somebody. All right. Walk around. I talk to these guys in this band that's sitting in this booth and. I'm like, hey guys, uh, I, I hate to do this. I would, we're just in a bad, bad spot right now. Uh, if you could have us borrow your base, you know, we'll buy you some beers or whatever. And there's like, okay, yeah, man, yeah, man. And they were nice enough to give us, lend their base. That was fine. You come across cool people like that. And the music scene, like musicians, are pretty cool like that. But sometimes you come across people that just have egos that are just out of this world. And I don't know, I I never, I didn't really have that much of a supportive uh, background when it came to making music. And it's like, hey, I I got this gig I'm playing here. You know, it'd be cool if you show up. And they're like, well, I don't don't know. I'd have to get in my car and drive. And that that costs money. And yeah, so it's just like, all right, whatever. A lot of people have very supportive so they they were kind of high off of that, and I was kind of high off of uh, screw everything. I'll just go in. It's just all about you know just going at it and just not thinking about what anybody else thinks. And you know and you're younger, and I look back on that now, and it's like man, that's probably not the best way to go about things. You know, having that attitude because it yeah I don't know it doesn't it doesn't really help in the long run. I don't think. I don't know. A lot of people want a friendly person to be around. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, they don't want somebody that's like, hey, screw you. Oh, I'm just, it's me against the world. But behind that, I mean, that was probably the perception, but behind that, it was just being shut out so much. That was my reaction to it. Coming across a lot of these people that I've met over the years that were, I don't know, they came from better backgrounds. I guess I want to talk about the punk rock scene. I like punk rock. When you listen to this song, you would think I hate it completely. 
but I I do like punk rock. But this this song was a reaction to the people that I met through the scenes in the area over the years and how a lot of them were phony. And my friend Jay, he was in a very punk band while we were recording stuff on the side. And he would be playing shows with this other band and I would show up, support, and I would record video and all that. And I would listen to it and be like, yeah, that's, you know... That's not my style completely, but, you know, I dig it. I like it. But then you meet these people, and they come off very pompous. They come off very egotistical. And it's such a turnoff that it makes you want to hate the whole genre. You know, it it turns you off completely. You know, you you can't be like that, obviously. It's just that's how some people are, and you just got to just be like, okay, that person's Maybe he's not even bad. Maybe he's just in a moment right now and you just got to, you know, accept him for who he is and just still, you know, be cool with him and not completely write them off just because they're in an attitude at this moment in this phase of their life. I remember talking to the other guys in the band that Jay was in and I was like, hey guys, that was a, you know, awesome show. That was really cool. And they came off very standoffish, and I was trying to be, like, really friendly with them, and just like, hey, you know my friend Jay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they just came off like, it reminded me of just the kid that didn't wear the name brand clothes or whatever, and you tried to talk to the guy that's decked out in Nikes or Adidas or whatever, and they just, like, take one look at you and go, fall, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. After the gig, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. We're on the streets of the city outside the club, and everybody's like loading up their gear into their vans and whatever, and I'm just like, you know, hanging out. I'm talking to one of the band members, you know, Jay's band members, and I said, yeah, uh, we're working on a a pop project. And he said, pop music? (laughs) Like he, he tilted his nose up at it. And I was just like, oh, well, you know, it's us making pop music. You know, we're not like signed to any big label. And it's like, we're doing this in our, I'm recording this in my bedroom with like less than $3,000 worth of equipment, you know, on an old computer. You know, it's not like we're in some big studio and we're corporate entity. So that, that was the whole big thing about the whole punk rock thing is, uh, you know, you're against the corporations and you know, all that stuff that goes along with, you know, being against the man and all that. But the funny thing is, when you're dealing with all these people, like a lot of these people that are in these punk rock bands, they're from colleges, they're college students, and they've been put in college by very wealthy families, you know, quote unquote, aka the man. Their parents, their families are the man that they're making songs about. And they just don't realize that. And they're like, oh, well, you know, my family does pretty well, but we're writing songs about the guys that with the billions of dollars. And it's like, don't you understand that there are people that see you, will probably see you five years from now when you're out of this punk rock phase and you're put up somewhere and you know somewhat of a cushy job they're gonna see you as the man 
and uh, you know, but they they wanted. I I kind of feel like they saw like the punk rock scene as like something that was uh, foreign to them or taboo because you would look back in their yearbook and like maybe freshman year, sophomore year, and what do they look like? They didn't look anything like the punk rockers that they look in college. They're very straight-laced. So being rubbed the wrong way by these people that you would think, oh, punk rockers, they would get me. They would understand me because, you know, I you know I come from like a kind of a, you know, screw it all kind of background, just throwing everything against the wall and just really rocking out and just turning everything up and just not really caring too much about playing perfectly and just really just putting your emotions and your soul into it and just, yeah, living in the moment. And then you meet these people and they make you feel like they got a superiority complex or something when you thought they would be the complete opposite. Not all of them. Some of them, like I said, were really cool. I think it's human to always like focus on the negative. And it's hard to break that. And I've learned over the years to not focus on the negative. But, you know, in this moment, you know, you want to write a song, you know, use the leech, get it out of your system and move on with your life. So punk rock was written about these people. A lot of these people, they came from very nice backgrounds, but yet they claim to be from the gutter or they claim to be coming from the sewer. And I don't know what it is with this, the whole culture, but it's all about like being slimy or grimy. And it's like, bro, look at your pictures in high school. You had braces on, had a big smile on your face. You were part of the lacrosse team or whatever. You weren't slimy at all. Look at a picture of me from freshman year. I'm wearing some stretched out neck t-shirt, <laughs> a crooked, you know, gaps in my teeth and glasses on. And I was a very good looking guy. Needless to say, I couldn't, you know, get the girls off of me in high school. But it really makes you see, at least with these kinds of people, they're, they're being put through college. They have a, a nice support system. They're fighting against the man, or claim to be, but everybody that has helped them and supported them are kind of in power, or they are the man. So it's like, eh, do you really want to, you know, you know, if anybody should be punk rock, it should be me. But here I am wanting to make pop music. <laughs> and you're turning your noses up at it. It's like, we're wanting to make songs that are clean, very nice, like... I mean clean, like very production is like off the chain, off the, you know, really good. And we're working with like almost very low grade stuff, but doing our best to make it the best that we can make it sound. We're recording in our bedroom and here they are probably going into, well, I'm not saying probably, they are going into studios, having someone engineer behind, you know, the whole window and the big line of uh, knobs and things to turn things and knobbies and sliders and you know they're getting their stuff recorded very very properly in a studio and they're making it sound like it was recorded like how we were recording in our bedrooms it was like the complete opposite of how things should uh, be like 
But needless to say, a lot of the pop songs that we were working on turned into what would be the songs on uh, Sunshine Fun Time. But I wanted to make a single and put it out before I did Sunshine Fun Time, and it was punk rock, like I said before. So now that you have a background of where I was coming from when it came to writing this song, I'll play the song for you now. It's very short. It's a minute and 30 seconds long, which uh, is like how a standard like punk rock song is. So I'll just play it for you now and we'll be back. It's Industrial Industries World Radio's debut album, Songs and Skits of Seasons 1 and 2. All the songs you heard in the episodes are all here, like the uplifting It's Gonna Be Okay. Check out the hot and hip Rap Song 2020. Wiener Balls Rap Song 2020 Rap Song 2020 And don't forget the classic hit, Fart in Your Face. I wanna fart on a guitar, I wanna fart on a power bill, I wanna fart on fresh fruit, I wanna fart in your face. All of the best songs and skits from the first two seasons of IIWR are right here, Industrial Industries World Radio's Songs and Skits of Seasons 1 and 2. Check it out on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you can stream and download music. So, rad is how I'm feeling. I've noticed that a lot of people would say, rad, I'm rad. Yeah, dude, I'm rad, man. I'm just on my skateboard listening to my vintage Walkman. I got, you know, the Sex Pistols in on cassette. I'm just listening to that. And I have a mustache that looks like someone would have in the 1900s. I'm just a really crazy, unique individual. Yeah, he's just so quirky. He loves Twizzlers. Like, anytime he sees Twizzlers, he puts his arms out. You know, he's like, 
23-year-old guy. He sees Twizzlers. He goes, I need Twizzlers. Oh, he's just so funny. He's just so different. Oh, my God. Uh, Is that really punk rock or that's just, you know, you just really trying to give yourself an edge. Just accept that you're a normal guy. There's nothing wrong with it. So there you go. That's the explanation behind the song Punk Rock, which nobody listened to. Maybe the five people in the whole world that listened to, including myself. How I recorded the song, there was a uh, um, fake guitar sound on uh, in Reason that I did on the computer. It's kind of like the same guitar sounds that you hear. In, you ever, if you ever played WCW NWO Revenge... Any of the Nintendo 64 wrestling games, they have that, you know, it's that fake guitar sound. It's that same exact thing. And that's what I used for the guitars in here. So there's no guitars played. And then I just put like a very simple drum beat I programmed in. And then I did some weird effect at the end where it kind of just dragged back and forth with the guitars and... It was very quick how I did it. It puts a little bit of bass behind it. Wrote down the lyrics really quickly. And the lyrics just came to me from just like thinking back on these people that, you know, I I first, I started out extending a friendly hand and thinking, you know, hey, these guys are into music. They're they're doing their thing and they they turn their noses up at me. So what what is the punk rock thing to do actually? Go against the people that, you know, turn their noses up at you instead of being cool with you. So, in a way, I uh, unintentionally was punk rock against these so-called punk rockers, which they're probably not really punk rockers in the first place. They're just uh, posers. Really thinking about it, I don't think this is even a dig at the true punk rockers. This is a dig at the posers, that are trying to be punk rockers, but they're not. And they're going to fall back into who they truly are, which is just normal, everyday people. But I, I kind of feel like them trying to be punk rock thing is uh, like a uh, their last cry for rebellion until they fall in line with uh, whatever they wind up doing the rest of their lives. Yeah, so I released that song... And I really didn't think too much about it, and honestly, obviously it didn't, you know, uh, get any traction, but I felt like that was a song that wouldn't fit on Sunshine Fun Time, because it was just kind of out there, as if the songs on Sunshine Fun Time weren't out there, but this song was just like, oh, it's just a funny little song, just put it out as a single, call it a day. So since Sunshine Fun Time dropped in 2018... It's been three years now since I put out a Glowing Ice album, which I plan on doing very soon. It's just, uh, as you could tell, these past couple of years, I've been doing a lot of podcast stuff. So after Sunshine Fun Time, I kind of went full podcast mode, which, you know, I didn't quit making music, but uh, this has almost consumed my life in a lot of ways. And this song is nothing like the next full album of uh, Glowing Ice. And I'm going to, just to treat y'all, those of you who have uh, listened this far, I'm going to play you the upcoming single. And the song's called Ass. And it doesn't fit with the serious tone 
um, with the next Going Ice album, surprisingly. So I'm going to play Ass, but before we play Ass and, you know, uh, end this podcast with Ass, I just want to say thanks for listening. Thanks for checking out this podcast. And we're only getting started with this podcast. I don't think I've even, I haven't even broken ground with what I want to do. Until then, uh, be good and enjoy whatever you're doing. Uh, Stay in good health, and I only wish you the very best. All right, so here we go. This is almost like the secret soft grand opening debut of the song, Blowing Ice, Ass. 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 Radio.